in the world today, especially in the United States, they try to have equal rules for men and women. This makes sense to the mind of man. But from the beginning, God created a difference between men and women. And when sin occurred in the Garden of Eden, a different penalty was placed upon men and women, which clearly shows a different way of life for men and women on this present earth. We who are born again go by the Bible. Therefore, we can't be swept away by this present insanity that the earth is going by, where they say in some states they don't even put the sex of the child on the birth certificate because they don't want to decide on the gender until it can be made known. Well, from the beginning, God created them male and female. And you can tell the gender of the child. Today, you can tell the gender of the child even before the child is out of the womb because they have things which allow you to see the child growing in the womb of the woman. And you can tell whether it is a male or a female. Certainly, you can tell when it is born, which it is, by looking at the child. This is insanity. Well, they're trying to do the exact same thing by making men and women equal in all areas of the workforce. It makes sense to your mind for them to be equal, but by the laws of God, men and women are not the same, and the rules are different. Even in the New Testament Bible, there are different rules for men versus women. If you wish to reconstruct your mind and your thinking, you can take these scriptures that I will speak to you today and consider them prayerfully and allow God to work with you. In Genesis chapter 3, the serpent approached Eve. Eve yielded to the serpent. She gave the apple to her husband to eat, and they sinned against God. There was a sin from the serpent. There was a sin from the woman. There was a sin from the man. And God put different penalties on all three. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14, And God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Verse 16, And unto the woman God said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. 
if you happen to be in a position to watch a group of teenage girls together and a group of teenage boys together, don't you see a difference? Those women are so silly. Whereas the men have a totally different way of thinking. That's because God put a difference between them. The man was going to rule over the woman. And her desire would be toward him. And he said to Adam, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Verse 18. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. You cannot make men and women the same. I know in the workplace it seems like they should be the same. They aren't the same because God created them differently and the woman's desire was going to be to the man. And he would rule over her. There is a woman, even in our own church group, who said, Oh, women have such power over men. And I'm sure that's true in some ways. But basically her desire was still to get that man, to have a man. She was twice divorced at the time. But her desire was to have another man. Haven't you done enough sin for this lifetime? There's always that desire there, but at the same time, the Word of God has to rule over our desire. And when you learn the Scriptures enough, and if you're of God, to make those Scriptures rule over your flesh, you can keep your flesh under control. But that doesn't mean that desire isn't hidden there in your heart. But just think about it. You've had two husbands divorced twice. Isn't that, isn't that enough sin for this lifetime? You think a third one's going to be different when you couldn't handle the first two by being a godly woman? What makes you think you're going to be one now? Well, it turned out this woman ended up leaving our group. She's not with us today. 
if we go by the scriptures, we're going to be where God wants us. There is a difference in the rules set up for men and women in the New Testament Bible. This verse of scripture is probably one of the most perverted that I've ever heard in the churches today. As far back as 1980, I heard women perverting this verse of scripture. Matthew 5.32 These women were saying, Well, if my husband commits fornication against me, I can go out and remarry after divorce. They didn't compare Matthew 5.32 with 1 Corinthians 7 when they said this. In Matthew 5.32, Jesus is speaking to the Jewish men, and he says, Whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. If you divorce a faithful wife, she will remarry probably, and if she does... You're going to be the cause of her adultery because you divorced a faithful wife. So there are three things here. The faithful wife who has been divorced and remarries commits adultery. It's totally different from the way the women were speaking it in the church groups I've been in. They were twisting this and saying, if your husband's unfaithful, you have a right to remarry. That is not true. If you will compare that thinking to 1 Corinthians 7, 10, and 11, Paul says this is a commandment of the Lord for the New Testament church. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And let not the husband put away his wife. That woman cannot remarry. That divorced woman cannot remarry without committing adultery. If she remarries, she commits adultery. Now her husband, if she's unfaithful to him, I think the husband could remarry. But the wife cannot. This is a difference in the rules God set for men and women. In the church today, it's not taught, but this is what the Bible teaches. Matthew 5.32, so Jesus says, Whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. So the faithful wife who has been divorced commits adultery if she remarries. The husband who divorces the faithful wife will be the cause of her adultery, and the man who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. All three are going to be guilty. Again, 1 Corinthians 7, 10, 11, Unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord... Let not the wife depart from her husband, 
but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. Mark 10, Jesus said, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another committeth adultery against her. And if the woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. One more scripture on this, Romans 7, verses 1 through 3. Know ye not, brethren, how the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth? For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband, so long as he liveth, the law of God. There is an Old Testament law of Moses, which was sacrificed to anim of animals for our sins. We do not go by the law of Moses today, but we go by the law of God. We go by the rules of God in the New Testament. The wo woman is bound by the law of God to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Let's look again at Mark chapter 10 concerning marriage. Jesus says, From the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. This is in Mark chapter 10. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Didn't you make a vow before God at the moment you married? This is a serious matter to vow before God. How do the two people become one flesh? Paul explains it to us in 1 Corinthians 6. Paul says to the men, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. At the time of sexual intercourse, you become one flesh, even if you are having sex with a prostitute. That is the way you become one flesh is through sexual intercourse. And then Paul says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, 
but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. If a divorced woman remarries, she commits adultery. The man who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. If a man divorces a faithful wife, he will be the cause of her adultery if she remarries. There was a man in our church group, now this was his second wife, that he was married to. I don't know if this woman had been married before, but I know he had been married before. He wanted to divorce his wife. I found out about it, so I called him and I said, Is she committing fornication against you? He said, No, no, she isn't. I said, Well, if you divorce her and she remarries, you're going to be the cause of her adultery. He had already filed legal papers to divorce her, but he withdrew those papers based on that information. You have to be responsible for yourself. I don't know what this woman might have done or be like, but he has to be responsible for his own life, his own soul, and make proper decisions based upon Scripture. And each of us have to do that. Are the rules of God unfair to the woman? Personally, I don't think so. I think the rules of God are for our benefit to keep us from sin that we would otherwise openly commit. If we follow the New Testament rules of God, laws of God in the New Testament, we're going to be blessed. If we go another way, we're going to curse ourselves. There is a way that is better for us to go, and it is always the way of Scripture. When we choose the way of God, we bless ourselves and everyone around us. I think I would just say God knows what's best, and I'm going to go by that which God says in the New Testament Bible in so much as I'm able to understand to go that way. If we have the Holy Spirit and we pray for God to help us to go that way, the way of God, I believe He will. I believe God will do that. But so many people just want what their own flesh wants. And only this life is important to them. There is an eternity and in the eternity, it's forever. There is no more thing such as time. Time is over. It's forever. I look at these rich and famous people who die. I look at these extremely talented actors and actresses who have multiple wives and think nothing of it and follow all manner of ways of the world, and then they die. All their fame is gone. Everything's gone. And then there's no more time. 
Once you die, it's over. There's no more time. So you have to make do with the time that we have and live by the Bible in so much as you can possibly do that. But I believe God will help each one of us if we just ask him and look at that Bible carefully and really are willing to go his way. This is Joan Boney speaking. All of the scriptures are printed for you on our blog. If you will go to Jesus Ministries Exhortations, look on the right-hand side of the page where it says Podcast. Click on that. You will bring today's broadcast up, and every scripture I've spoken is printed there for you. So you can copy that scripture and think about it. The stronger the scripture gets, the more likely you are to follow God. Again, the name of the blog is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.